If you can have that, if you can outline, okay, what's my strategy to reach my community? What is the mission that we are that we have? What's the mandate the Lord has given us specifically for our cultural context? And then what's the message that we want to get out to our community? Then it makes adapting to technology so much easier. This is Equip and Engage, a podcast by Subsplash, exploring how ministry, technology, and innovation come together to equip churches around the world to engage their communities. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks again for joining us on Equip and Engage, the podcast here for Subsplash. We're so grateful that you are here. Uh, My name is Justin. Uh, I'll be your host uh, today. And uh, my role here at Subsplash as a part of the team is to work with strategic partnerships and denominations to help equip churches globally with uh, digital technology to help them reach their context. And I'm joined today by Kristen. Uh, our director of marketing. Hi, Justin. Hi, thanks so much. I'm glad that you're here. Oh, wouldn't have missed it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, today, we'll be talking a little bit more about connecting with your context. You know, uh, earlier in an earlier episode, we talked really what that means to lean in and listen to your neighborhood and listen to the city that God's called you to. How do you actually effectively reach the people that God has brought you into reach? And so today, we're going to uh, take a deeper look at what that actually looks like from a practical sense when it comes to communicating, when it comes to uh, actually uh, reaching those who God has already connected you with. That'd be those who are, are connected to the vision. Maybe if you're a church planter or church pastor, people who attend your church. And also, what does it look like to reach the people who are not yet connected to you? And so we're really glad to hear your perspective today. And so uh, as the director of marketing here at Subsplash, what does that job entail? Yeah. Oh, man, I really think I have the best job in the world. But as the director of marketing, I get to lead a team of awesome storytellers. And our job and our mission is to tell the story of Subsplash mm. with the hopes that churches will hear about it and be able to be better equipped to use the technology and the platform that we've developed to engage their audiences more effectively. So it's really an honor. Yeah, that's great. And we're glad you're here. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not just too. for this podcast, but here at the company as well. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but what drives that passion? You, you also yeah. are pretty heavily involved in your local church here in the Seattle area. Yeah, man. Oh, gosh. My husband and I recently, about two years ago, moved up more north. Um, we're originally down south Tacoma, Puyallup area, mm-hmm. if anyone knows where that's from. <laughs> um, and we moved up to follow the call that God had for us, which was to be youth pastors. And Mm -hmm. so my husband and I get to be youth pastors to junior high and high schoolers. And we also get the privilege of leading a college internship um, where we get to take college age students and integrate them into the life of the local church. Mm -hmm. And they get to be discipled. They get to learn the inner workings of how a church organization operates while also getting their four year fully accredited degree. And so it's a really great opportunity. It's a really sweet season for us. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you for doing that. I also was a youth pastor for a number of years. Bless you. And uh, it is a beautiful <laughs> calling. It was one of my it favorite is. seasons of ministry, uh, honestly. Um, so let's let's go ahead and dive in then uh, to uh, to talking about reaching your context and how we do that through communication. W- what are some of the first things uh, that we need to know when it comes to communicating with the people that God has sent you to? Yeah, I mean, if, if you know, I mean, we know we work closely with technology mm-hmm. and it is changing and developing at a really rapid rate, which can be where some of the intimidation comes from, right? It can be really intimidating to feel like you know where to begin. And so I would say don't even worry about that yet. The first thing that you want to do when really, really having the desire to effectively engage and communicate to your cultural context is to start with your strategy and mission and message. Mm. If you can have that, if you can outline, okay, what's my strategy to reach my community? What is the mission that we are that we have? What's the mandate the Lord has given us specifically for our cultural context? And then what's the message that we want to get out to our community? Then it makes adapting to technology so much easier. It can mm. feel really overwhelming not knowing what to choose or what piece of technology technology to grab and pull from if you first don't know what your 
strategy, your mission, and your message are. And so I would say before that, if you're stopping here and you heard that and you're like, oh no, I don't maybe know what my strategy is. I would say start, start dreaming, start planning, talk with your team, talk with your communities, those that you would say are in your close circle and really map out what you feel like the Lord is calling you to do for your specific cultural context, not just the good news, not just the gospel message, but what he's called you to do in your community. And then it can make applying those those kind of templates and frameworks to the tools that are existed and mm. kind of are out there right now so much easier. I think that's great. I, I think sometimes it's really easy to uh, get worked up on trying to find ways to amplify your voice. Mm. But if you don't know what you are going to say or know what God has called you to say in that specific time, season, or context, let's worry about finding your voice first before trying to find a way to amplify it. Yeah. Um, so let's, I think that's great. So let's say, let's say that somebody has found their mission. They mm-hmm. found the message. They, they know that, that deep conviction of, of, of who they're supposed to be reaching and, and how to get that done. What are some ways that we can, uh, that we can amplify that voice though? And what's available to us today? Oh man, the opportunities are endless. <laughs> this probably doesn't sound new. It can be really overwhelming like what I talked about. And in a little bit, we'll dive into kind of specific social media channels and some behavioral statistics around those and how churches can leverage those more those methods more effectively to get their their message out there. Right. Um, but I think, you know, even talking about that, it can be really overwhelming at the same time to not only know the tools are out there, but then see how other ministries are using those tools. Mm-hmm. And that can feel really overwhelming and even insecure at moments. Mm-hmm. Being in ministry, being a pastor, there are moments where I'm like, man, that youth ministry looks so cool. <laughs> sure. And I'm like, oh, but man, our context and our the message that we're delaying is, is delivering is so us. It's so authentic to who God's called us to be. And because we know our message and our mission and our strategy, when I see certain things, I can then say, does how they're using Instagram apply to my community and my context. One example of this that I've seen churches do really well, um, I've seen some churches where you can tell instantly that the heartbeat of their their church's community, hmm. that that is the heartbeat living in life outside of the four walls. And so that's the message that they put out there. That's the story they're telling on these platforms. They're not necessarily telling the story of their weekend services or all these photos of worship sets. They're actually showing photos and posting and testimonials and, hmm. and quotes from people that are living life in community together. And so I think it can be kind of easy for us to fall into the trap of that looks really cool. That seems to be working really effectively for them. Well, I would argue the way, the reason it is really probably effective if you're seeing it be effective is because they're doing something that's very authentic to their community and their cultural context. So take the method that you see, Mm -hmm. apply it to your mission and your strategy. If it fits, give it a try, innovate. If it doesn't fit and it makes you go, man, I don't really know if that's us. Then I would challenge you to step back and really start examining what what the mission and the, the strategy that the Lord's given you and see what methods can kind of fall into that. I think that's great. You know, we, we had talked about in, in an earlier podcast of this idea of the difference between cloning churches mm. and birthing churches. Or So yeah. what has God called you to create in the neighborhood mm. he's called you to or the city and not just borrow from somebody else? And so yeah. your point is f- find something that works, mm. but it doesn't. if it doesn't look like what somebody else is doing, that's okay, but still give it a go. Is that kind of what yeah. you're encouraging people to do? And that's the paradox do? of social media, right? right? Or technology <laughs> like that. Those channels and these platforms is we can have access to learn so much, but at the same time, we're exposed to so much. Mm. And it can be a challenge to kind of remember where our footing is and what framework that the Lord's called us to. Yeah, that's really good. Well, let's talk then a few about uh, some, about some of those platforms yeah. then. So uh, some of the, the big names that come to mind, Instagram, yeah. uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, even email, uh, yep. if you, we want to go there. 
go, maybe, maybe you know. we can talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the way that people are interacting with these things. Some, yeah. What are some statistics that you've heard about uh, the actual true engagement that mm. comes from these platforms and how do we use them effectively? Yeah, yeah, and I think, um, before we even go into that, I want to debunk the fact that these tools are powerful and these tools are, you know, impactful to how we do ministry and get the message out. My husband and I, um, I mean, even years ago, right? Like printed material was how you got the message out everywhere. Right. That was how, I mean, mailers, and they're still really effective in certain contexts. That's why knowing your cultural context is so important because it's not that mailers necessarily are obsolete, but the way that the world is advancing and growing, there are becoming increasingly more effective ways to reach people right. because of where they're at. But my husband and I got home um, to our house one day and there was a little yellow piece of paper sticking in our door. And I went out and instantly I was like, someone's trying to sell me something. <laughs> and I went out and I grabbed it. And I was like, oh, it's for a church. And it said on one side, it was this great like yellow card, probably five by seven, mm -hmm. really nice. Anyone that likes a good printed material, they really did a good job on this. <laughs> um, fun pattern, big white bold text that said, you're invited to church this Sunday. Mm. And I'm like, great, I love this. Flip it over and it says service times, nine and 11. That was it. There was a no church name, <laughs> no, no, no logo, no, no website, nothing, no oh. address, nothing. And instantly I felt sad. Yeah. <laughs> instantly I was like, oh man, this is the do what not to do example right here of how to leverage of an example of ineffective communicating to reach someone in a form of engagement. And instantly I felt sad probably primarily because of what I specifically do for work and then also just deeply being connected to the local church and I wanted to find this person. I wanted to run outside my house, hope mm. that they were maybe down the street right. and I could go grab them and say, wait, your name's not on here. And so I think um, that's the power of digital. When we mm. get into these platforms, as we're going to dive into these, that's the power of these digital platforms is when someone hands you something physical, um, they're really banking on the idea in this example in particular that you're going to remember or know or be able to take initiative and follow up on maybe if the Holy Spirit was really tugging on your heart in that mm -hmm. moment and and I felt pulled and drawn to maybe attend this church and then I set it down or I forget about it or I, I don't know how to take another step right in that moment I was like if I wanted to take another step I cannot whereas that's not digital platforms that's not a barrier digital platforms I can continue to discover I can visit websites I can scroll through more photos I can mm -hmm. read comments and reviews from other people that have attended that church the discoverability process through these digital channels is endless yeah. and really when we look at it that's can be leveraged to help people along how we talk about it here at Subswash is their discipleship journey, getting them from seekers to believers and to the disciples. And so that can be really powerful with these platforms. Yeah, and I think it's also important to note as well that uh, this these kind of platforms, and we're, we're a, obviously a technology company, <laughs> and we uh, and we dabble in the digital space um, and uh, quite effectively. And uh, and I think sometimes the the fear can be or the thought can be, um, you know, this is somehow going to replace the transformative mm. work of relationships. Yeah. And uh, and and I and I would also just encourage all of us that are a part of this conversation today. These tools aren't meant to replace the transformative work of relationships. Yep. At the end of the day, the gospel is best served and is most effective when we are uh, interacting with each other. And so, but these tools are a way to help people discover yeah. that family of faith yeah. that they may be looking for and not even know where to go. Yeah. And so that call to action piece that you talked about.
about, even in the digital space, while there are lots of ways to, an endless trail of, of connecting into other ways, mm-hmm. that call to action is still pretty important. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's meant to enhance, meant to enhance the relationships that we already have. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so let, let's talk a few about these specifics now. Yes. Um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. What are some statistics of the way people are actually uh, organically engaging yeah. with this content? Yeah, I mean, the first great question is, are people using social media? Yeah. The answer is, if you doubted it at all, a resounding yes, yeah, that's they right. are. Statistics actually show that the average adult has around eight and a half. We're not totally sure where the half comes from, but <laughs> eight and a half social media accounts. And Justin, how many do you think you have? Uh, probably half that amount. I would say yeah. maybe four and a quarter. Yeah, I was thinking about it. And I was like, well, if I count my MySpace that I probably never deactivated. Right. Which, by if- the way, that could that could be the half. <laughs> if you're on MySpace and you're wondering why people aren't engaging with you, that could be, that that could could be, be the it. issue of the tool, yeah. If I count that, if I count my Facebook that I probably created in junior high and forgot the email password for and forgot the you know email I actually used, used because it probably was like 20 characters, you know. I don't know why we felt compelled to have really long emails in junior <laughs> high and high school. I'm like, maybe I really had eight and a half, maybe. But if I actually look at how many I actively engage on, for me personally, the number is probably closer to four to five. Mm-hmm. Um, so to think about that is compelling in itself. And they even say Gen Z and millennials have in the nines. Wow. And so if we're even looking at this generation that's coming up in our local churches, they are on social media that's and right. actively. So. I think that's, you know, 45% of people around the world use social media, mm-hmm. 45%. If we're looking at half the demographic of the world, the population of the world, we have 40 access to 45% just through these channels. Wow. To me, that's a huge impact. Yeah. So that's kind of just um, high level, some statistics around our people using social media. They actually also say that around a million people a day join social media. And although it may feel very overwhelming and daunting to think about, you know, me, you, Justin, anyone, a senior pastor, anyone in leadership, anyone that actually has a message to put out there, Mm -hmm. thinking about being able to actively engage a million people every day, maybe feels a little overwhelming, but that's the potential, right? And if we have the best message, can we leverage that potential? I think that's great. And by the way, this is, this is not just a young person's game, right? This is not just a Gen Z or millennial uh, pursuit. Nope. We're seeing every year, both in, in app usage, in website usage, in uh, social media usage, mm-hmm. these demographics, 45 and over, uh, spike. I've got yep. a 91 year old grandfather who plays solitaire on a tablet every day. Yeah. And he's very he's very proficient with his yes. tablet. And so I, I think sometimes the misnomer can also be, well, this is just for the young. Yeah. Actually, this is for everybody, and uh, we need to learn how to leverage these tools well. Yeah. So what is the purpose then of? And speaking of leveraging tools well, what would we use Instagram for? Yeah, for it's, a, it's a great question. Um, so Instagram, I would say the most powerful way to use Instagram is for a holistic story mm. to holistically communicate the story that you're gonna get you're going to get across. And you can tell that that happens pretty effectively, maybe not when you're scrolling through a general newsfeed, but as soon as someone goes to your page, they say that it takes about seven seconds to make a first impression. And I guarantee that whether we've identified it or not, subconsciously, we are making assumptions or conclusions or deciding whether we like what we see or not within that seven seconds of visiting even a Facebook page, not even Mm. person-to-person interactions. And so back to your point, this enhances those person-to-person interactions and it should complement what someone would see on a weekend. And so what your, or even a community through the week. So what your Instagram should be used for is telling the story of that cultural context, the the communication story that you're putting out to your cultural context in a really powerful and effective way. Um, Some stats around this. Instagram has 1 billion monthly active users Mm. and 5 million use it daily. 5 million. That's a lot. 
It's a lot of people on a daily use. Yeah, so you're saying uh, don't just make your Instagram feed a bulletin board. Right. You, you can still make announcements about what you're doing, but maybe tell a story about yes. how that program or how that class yep. actually facilitated life change through yep. somebody. And you're saying that's much more compelling yeah. than just giving information. And that's why going back to the knowing your strategy, your mission, and your message is so crucial. Otherwise, you're going to feel like you're just throwing a hodgepodge of content out there yep. just for the sake of putting content out there. Whereas if you know your strategy and your mission, it will be a very cohesive story is my mission community, is my mission outreach, is my mission missions. What is the mission and the mandate that God's giving me? And tell that story on your Instagram. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And you said people, seven seconds is the amount of time. Seven is the number of God, so social media must be, it must be divine. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, What about, uh, you know, we don't have to go into all the details, but like Twitter, for instance, uh, Facebook, how should we leverage these these tools differently? Great question. Facebook, and we're seeing this more and more, you know, Ryan Collins on that, our most recent one of our older episodes, he also talked about Facebook and how they're leveraging community and faith-based organizations. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I really encourage you guys to go back and listen. It's really great. But that that kind of adds um, value and illuminates that Facebook, one of the most powerful ways to use Facebook is for community. Hmm. One of the most powerful ways to use Facebook is to leverage the day-to-day interactions of community. And so whether that's plan, you know, building pages for community groups, whether that's building pages for certain ministries or outreaches that your church does, leverage that, share the events and invite people and then actually have collaboration and communication happening on those pages too to mm-hmm. actually foster and enhance those those connections in that community aspect. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, I think one of the one of the the, the fears that I've heard, I, I have the uh, the great opportunity of, of talking with uh, a lot of different churches mm-hmm. in a lot of different contexts uh, yeah. in a lot of different countries. And uh, one of the things that that comes up, and we've we've talked about this sense of all the different options can be overwhelming, um, and and a fear to what if I what if I uh, put all of my investment into this thing mm-hmm. and it changes. Uh, what what would be a, a, just a, a good next step? Uh, because the reality is we have to change. Yeah. Uh, these these modern tools that we've been given can be utilized yeah. by the Holy Spirit for the advancement of the gospel, for the reaching of our neighborhoods. Absolutely. And so to completely dismiss them or look away, I, I think is a disservice yeah. even to what God wants to do through uh, through the work that He's called us to do. Yeah. Um, what would be so? What would be some advice that you would give to anybody who feels nervous about adapting, nervous about changing? What do I? Wh- where do I go next uh, to make uh, to make this happen? Yeah, I'd say pick one. Yeah, good. <laughs> Just pick one. Pick one of these social media tools. And, you know, Twitter is kind of the best place for the most often unfiltered communication. So great place to share, you know, scriptures, quotes from the message on the weekend, testimonials, things like that. Email is a great place to, like, get information to people. Um, and so I would say pick one. Either pick one that you feel like you can tackle most effectively or find someone on your team or in your mm. community that feels confident. Um, even this is a great way to equip the next generation. If yep. you have younger people serving in your ministry, ask them to run the Instagram. Ask them to create it, run it, and own that. That's going to, one, get them bought into the mission of the church. It's going to give them an element to own, and then you don't have to worry about it. Right, and they've and already so, got nine anyway, so yeah, what's, what's, what's one ten? more? Yeah, what's one more handle? Uh, <laughs> exactly. No, I, I think that's great. And, and you know, I think this... Uh, 
at the at the end of the day, you know, I was I was talking with a, a bishop of a, a large denomination just a few weeks ago, and um, and uh, and and he's been in ministry now for uh, for decades, yeah. multiple decades, and he was talking about even back in the day that they were leveraging yellow pages, um, you know, to reach people, and even the strategy around, uh, you know, what that what that looked like if you if your if your uh, you know business or your organization started with an A, people were more apt to find you because you were the first few pages that people scrolled through, and then how do you organize, you know, your half page and should, should it be black and white or should it be a color ad? Uh, you know, all these different things that when how much information is too much and all these mm-hmm. things, those questions have never gone away, but just the methods have. And one of yep. the things that I so loved about uh, about this true shepherd, he was a mm. b- bishop of a, of a phenomenal district here in the United States. And, uh, and he said, you know, I may not feel fully comfortable with all of these digital methods um, because they, they've moved so fast, but I understand this is where mm. society and culture is today. And because I care about our churches being effective, I'm willing to make these mm-hmm. changes and willing to release some of these changes to see people yeah. connected into our churches. Yeah. And I just thought that was a beautiful shepherd's heart. And I think, yeah. honestly, something that all of us really should be looking at when we're looking at about adopting new methods of communicating this timeless message. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, that's that's the heart of it, right? This isn't just a modern day method. This is a biblical method. This is a biblical mandate. Yeah. and um, And that makes it really powerful. And really, when we think about it like that, that this is a biblical mandate to steward and shepherd for our flocks. Um, I think that makes it, I think that can help us shift our gears to maybe not make it feel so intimidating. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And I, I think for all of us that are, are listening, you know, again, there are a number of tools. And one of the things that I love that you said was mm-hmm. just pick one. So um, maybe it is social media and, and just one aspect of social media. Maybe it is a mobile app for your church. Maybe it's just refining your website. There, there are so many digital spaces that are out there uh, that people are looking for or that the Holy Spirit can direct people to. And if we can get good at, at least making at least one of those effective and start there, just start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think we have a really neat opportunity to reach people in the way that they're looking to be reached as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kristen, so much. Uh, incredibly insightful. And thank you for sharing not just your expertise, but your passion and your heart as well. Uh, and maybe uh, for our audience today, you're, you're thinking, uh, how can I be most effective in my context? I, we just... We, we always want these conversations to actually lead to something productive. Uh, and so here's a few questions to consider as you're thinking about what, what, what comes next. That first question would be, what is that next step uh, for you in your context? Is there a specific tool that you can drill down and use? And instead of trying to be proficient in everything, what's one thing that you can do to get started today to reach people? Uh, we would also say, are there any other new ideas or new strategies uh, that you could try that you could also make room for in your current strategies that you're doing uh, to help you become more effective in reaching your community? And then finally, along the same lines of strategies, what specific tools uh, can you start to adopt in your strategy or in your learning, or who can you bring in that is adept with some of those uh, new tools to start implementing uh, right away to accelerate that mission that God has called you to? At the end of the day, we want to see people connected into faith and into families of faith, Mm -hmm. and we believe the Holy Spirit will use these tools that are available to us to do it. What does that look like for you and how do you get started? Um, You know, even as we close this time together as well, I I just want to remind you, we've got a phenomenal team here at Subsplash, and our mission is to see the local church thrive and accelerate. And so one of the things that uh, that we would love to do is have a conversation with you. If you have questions about what's next and how to get started, and some of these things may feel overwhelming, that's okay. There's no no shame in that. There's a lot of things out there and a lot of experts in areas. This is an area that we are experts in. And we'd love to have that conversation with you and, and help you figure out what that next step looks like for you, your ministry, your church community, and the context that God has called you to. And so thank you again so much for joining us today. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe. We'd love for you to rate this. Hopefully it's a good rating. Hopefully this was <laughs> beneficial for you today. Uh, and we'd love for you to join us next time on Equip and Engage. 
Thanks for tuning in to Equip and Engage, where we're sharing insights learned from thousands of conversations with leaders and pastors around the world. To follow along with these conversations, subscribe today or visit our website.